Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake podcast. And I would say this is the first official solo podcast episode I've had on here in a really long time. And if you've been following the podcast, thank you so much for your support. (laughs) Can't emphasize that enough because I started this podcast and then I made this weird transition to YouTube thinking YouTube was the next thing that I needed to do in my life. And I enjoyed my time on YouTube. But at the end of the day, I think this is more of a good fit for me as far as sharing with my community, talking with my community, interviewing really interesting people and guests, and not trying to become a YouTube star. (laughs) That's basically what it comes down to. So anyways, thank you so much for following the Carrots and Cake podcast. Moving forward, this is going to be my new focus or my old focus that's getting a little bit of a reboot boot, but very, very excited to be back here on the podcast and talking to you today. Um, So anyways, today I'm going to talk about, uh, I guess, a challenge that quite a few women who come to us have, and also a question comment that I've received on Instagram and my DMs. And you know, if you followed me for a while now, you know I'm really active on Instagram. I'm constantly having conversations with women in my DMs and I love connecting with people over there. So if you haven't followed me on Instagram, go over there, please follow me. Um, but anyways, the question essentially is, you know, where do I start? There is just so much information out there. I'm so confused. I'm so overwhelmed. I feel like nothing is working. Um, I'm struggling with my my weight. I eat mostly healthy, um, but I just have so many questions about what I should be doing, You know, the results I should be getting from my efforts, and just dealing with a lot of these like perimetopause symptoms. And not necessarily perimetopause. It could be just any sort of weird symptoms that you're having in this age and stage of life. Like when you get into your 30s and 40s and 50s, I just feel like all of the bad habits that you may have partaken in in your 20s, like kind of catch up to you a little bit. And I just feel like I talk to so many women that they're like, I want to feel better. Um, I feel, you know, not like myself. I know I don't feel my best. I'm more irritable. I cry at the drop of a hat. I have night sweats. Like my husband hates me because I'm so snappy at him. Um, my hair is falling out. Um, my periods are all over the place. I have terrible cramps. They're super duper heavy. I don't have energy to do my workouts like I used to. Like a lot of these same symptoms. And I do feel like all of that's really, really overwhelming. It's like, where where do I start? Do I start with hormones? Do I start with um, my gut health? Like, do I just eat more protein? Do I add this random supplement into my life? And a lot of times women, they get to a point where they're just like, screw it. <laughs> F it. I'm just going to go eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's and just, I'm not going to do any of the things that I could maybe do. And I've been there too, because it is really, really overwhelming. And there's just so many mixed messages. And I do think it goes back to different things work for different people, but it's like, how do you know what is going to work for you? Especially if you've tried a bunch of things and nothing really is working. It's like, what do you do? So 
I wanted to come on the podcast today and just talk about some of the, like the really basic things that you could do. And I know this is like the boring stuff, but I really think the boring stuff makes the biggest impact because you start to do it every single day. And of course, doing something every single day is what really adds up. Like that consistency is what is going to show you results. And if you can do this stuff for 90 days, I guarantee you're going to feel a whole lot better. So anyways, let me get into this. I have basically five things that I think are the biggest dial mover when it comes to really seeing results with your health and your body composition. Um, You know, health and body composition, they kind of go hand in hand, but at the same time, you know, body composition doesn't necessarily mean that you're healthy. (laughs) if you know what I mean, because you can starve yourself, you could be skinny fat, you can have no period and look great, you might not feel great. So it doesn't always mean that, you know, having a certain body means you're necessarily healthy, if you know what I mean. Anyways, that's a tangent for a different day. But these are kind of the things that I go to personally again and again. And this is a lot of the stuff that we start with our one-on-one clients when they start working with us. Even my Fit and Fuel ladies, the group coaching program that I run twice a year, the next one's actually launching in September. So if you're interested in some sort of group coaching, definitely put it on your radar. Make sure you're on my email list or following me on Instagram for all the details. But these are kind of like the foundational things that we put in place even before we start macros, even before we start any sort of fat loss phase. This is literally like the basic stuff that you should be doing all the time. And if you're not doing these things on the regular, this is really where you should put your focus if you want to see results as far as health, body composition, feeling your best, being in a good mood, not snapping at your husband, all those things. So anyways, number one, and I always say this to clients that I work with, I'm like, if you learn anything from me at all, this would be it. And it would be to eat more whole foods. And what I mean by that is stop eating diet foods. Diet foods, like anything that's like super duper processed, it's got like high protein, low carb, low fat, you know, no sugar, like a lot of those like labels, it is processed junk and it is not nourishing your body. And this is something that it took me a while to learn um, over the years because I was very much in that like diet mindset for many, many years, just trying to lose weight. And for me, the fewer calories I could consume, the better. And, you know, I've always, I've made this joke a few times, but I remember overhearing these two women talking at a gym that I used to go to that they had found zero calorie noodles and they were so excited that they were eating zero calorie noodles. And they were being so good because they were eating no calories. (laughs) And like back then, you know, when I was trying to lose weight, I was like, yeah, I kind of get that. But years later, I'm like, that doesn't really make any sense. Like you are not consuming any calories. You are adding no nutrition and no energy to your body. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, honestly, if you want to be your healthiest self, you need to eat food and you need to eat nourishing food. So when I'm talking about whole foods, I'm talking about things that come from the earth, that come from an animal. So protein, um, fish, meat, eggs, good quality dairy comes from an animal, Um, vegetables, fruits. um, You could go whole grains, beans, lentils. Um, There's a million things that you could consume, but basically something that comes in its original form that yes, maybe you have to cook or something like that. I'm okay with convenient whole foods, if you know what I mean. Um, so, uh, Quinn, 
<laughs> is a fan of those like microwavable potatoes. Like, so like things like that, that I'm like, all right, it makes it a little bit easier, but it's still an actual potato. And so what I tell our clients, I say, you know, fewer ingredients, the better when it comes to these convenient whole foods. So making sure you're taking the time to read the ingredients. And if there's more than like five ingredients, might not really be a whole food because sometimes like you can find whole foods that are like mixed with spices or have a little something added to it. Like something like that is okay. I don't think you need to cook from scratch every single day all the time, but the majority of your foods, like I, I like the 80, 20, that's the carrots and cake world, but 80% of the time you are eating whole foods, things that are nourishing, things that have vitamins, that have minerals, that have protein, that have fiber, that have carbs, that have fat all that good stuff that is nourishing your body. Because when you're just eating a bunch of you know, fake diet foods, it's literally that. It's just weird chemicals, weird ingredients that really don't benefit your body. All those fake sugars, those are terrible for your gut. <laughs> like if you ever have bloating or anything, like I had a client once who was eating Quest bars all the time and couldn't figure out why she was having bloating. And I was like, hey, let's lay off those Quest bars and see what happens. Boom, no more bloating. So like products like that, they're just not the best for your body. And I think if you're struggling with your health or you're struggling with weight loss, it's time for those to go. And sure, carrots and cake world, maybe the 20% of the time is where you have some fun foods. But again, it kind of depends on your health, on your goals, because, you know, if you're dealing with like chronic issues, you know, you probably want to be really leaning into those whole foods. If you're somebody who really wants to lose weight, yeah, you should probably be really leading into those whole foods and, you know, limiting the fun foods as much as possible. But if you're somebody that's in maintenance, you're trying to build muscle, you're just trying to live your life. Um, sure. You have a little bit more wiggle room as far as what you eat and maybe where you add those treats and whatnot. But if there's one thing you learned from me, it would be to eat more whole foods. I just think it's so, so important. And a lot of the women that come to us and run functional testing and, and things like that with us, we just see that their bodies are so depleted. They're like malnourished from years of dieting, eating these processed foods, um, excess exercise, because when you exercise, you actually lose important minerals and electrolytes and things like that. You have a couple pregnancies that leave you further depleted. You breastfeed for however many months leaves you further depleted. You're not sleeping. You're stressing all the time. We just these women that come to us, they're just so tired and exhausted. And it's literally because their bodies are essentially like malnourished. And really when you start eating good quality food, you start to feel better. You start to have more energy. You start to see muscle on your body. You start to just feel like a happy, healthy, balanced person. So if you learn anything from me ever, eat more whole foods, stop with the processed food, stop buying so much packaged food or things in boxes with, you know, neon colors and keto splash on the label. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in small amounts where you are enjoying certain foods, sure, whatever, but the majority of your food should be the good quality stuff. You guys know this is carrots and cake world. I've been on vacation all summer. <laughs> I'm not living a perfect perfect diet by any means, but it's all about finding that moderation and balance. But if you're somebody that has really been struggling, take a look at what you've been eating and really try to get more of those whole nourishing foods into your body. The second thing I always recommend to clients as far as like where to start with their habits would be to eat more protein or consume more protein. And I know you've heard this one again and again, and I can personally say I have known this for years, <laughs> decades, and I just 
am not somebody that loves protein. I'd much rather eat carbs. I'd much rather eat fat. And if you think about carbs and fat, they're easy to find. They are way more delicious. Like protein, you have to prepare ahead of time. You can't just eat like a raw chicken breast or something like that. It does take a little bit more planning. So it is a little bit harder, but I can honestly say I wasn't really consistent with it. I would eat more protein for I don't know, two, three, four days. And then I would just kind of give up on it or I'd let it go by the wayside or I would just half-ass it. I just didn't actually make an effort until more recently where I was like, okay, I know this is important. Let's do a body experiment to see what happens if I actually hit my protein goal every single day. And that's what I did prior to my cut, my spring cut, and then during my spring cut. And even now I've been pretty on top of it. Like I was saying before, I was on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) wasn't on top of it as much as I could have been, but back at it now. But my point here is when I was actually consistent with the protein, I noticed that my hunger levels were a lot more balanced. I wasn't snacking nonstop. I was always that person that needed like a mid-morning snack and an afternoon snack. And once I started eating enough protein, I wasn't super hungry all the time. I feel like I was that person that would like eat and then 90 minutes later would be like, I could eat another meal. I also used to have like crazy carb cravings, crazy sugar cravings. All of that went away when I started eating more protein. And I did start seeing body composition changes, just how protein works in our body. There's something called the thermic effect of food. And it basically means that it takes more energy for our bodies to break down protein as far as digestion goes and utilizing the amino acids and protein for different functions in our body. So like eating more protein actually expends more energy in the body and it satisfies you and it keeps your blood sugar more steady and it gives you all the great amino acids for muscle building and brain health and all that good stuff. So there's a million reasons to eat protein, but one Once I was finally consistent with it, I do feel like it made a difference. And when I'm talking about consistent, it was probably months of me being consistent, not like a week, not two weeks. It was probably like three months before I was like, okay, this is actually working. Like I'm starting to see positive changes. And for me, my daily goal is hundred grams per day. And that's where we start a lot of our clients because a lot of our needs are probably higher than a hundred Well, it depends on the person, but a lot of us probably have needs that are probably over 100 grams per day. But for somebody who's just starting out on this journey, even me, I've tracked macros for a million years now, it was still pretty hard for me to get 100 grams per day, or at least I had to make an effort doing it. I can't say it was hard because now I'm in a habit. I can hit 100 grams, no problem. But when I first started tracking, I really did have to pay attention to it, plan it into my day, prioritize it. But now I'm really trying to hit 100 grams or more. So the way I do it is basically try to aim for 30 to 40 grams of protein for every meal. And I typically eat four meals a day. I mean, sometimes it's three plus a snack, but the snack is kind of like a meal. So it ends up being like four meals a day. It's just how you want to categorize these things. Sometimes my snacks are really, really big. So it could be a meal. Anyways, that's how I do it. I just try to get 30 to 40 grams at every single meal. And that just adds up to anywhere from, you know, 100 plus grams per day. So that's how I do it. But doing it consistently, I think is the key. Okay. Number three on my list, as far as where to start with your habits, one more whole foods, number two, more protein. Um, and of course I would push you more towards whole food sources of protein. So, um, meat, eggs, 
quality dairy. Um, you could definitely do like the beans, lentils, whole grains root. That's fine. I just think you get more bang for your buck with the animal proteins and animal proteins are just very nutritious as far as what's in them when it comes to vitamins, minerals, amino acids, all that good stuff. Um, I'm not opposed to collagen, protein powder, things like that. All of that is fine. Um, but there's like a time and a place. And yes, it's very, very convenient to have a protein shake after your workout. I do that. I enjoy that. But I wouldn't be putting like protein powder in everything that you're eating all day long. <laughs> I'd probably eat some chicken or some eggs or some beef or something like that instead. Okay. Number three on my list here is strength training. And I know you've heard it before, but again, it just makes such a difference as far as how your body looks. Um, and of course, when you're building that muscle, it's going to help with your metabolism. So it's going to naturally help with fat loss and muscle is essentially like a sinkhole for glucose. So it can help you as far as balancing your blood sugar. And I can't tell you how many ladies come to us that have issues with their blood sugar. Like they're having, you know, insulin issues and blood sugar issues and A1C is out of range and things like that. The blood sugar stuff comes to carrots and cake a lot. So something that you can do to help with managing that blood sugar is literally building muscle, adding more muscle to your body and helping with that blood sugar balance, helping with fat loss, and then literally making your body look different because, you know, muscle is a different tissue than you know, the skin on your body. So if you have more muscle on your body, you can just look a way more fit without really changing the amount of fat on your body. <laughs> like it happens all the time that somebody just starts to build muscle and they look so much better. And of course, when you get to a fat loss phase, that's a whole nother thing. But simply building muscle can just positively impact how your body looks, but then benefits your metabolism, benefits your blood sugar, all of the things that we want to make fat loss easy and sustainable. So big fan of that. Um, and with strength training, I don't think it needs to be complicated. I think if you just have one or two sets of dumbbells, you can get, you know, a cheap gym membership somewhere. Um, of course there's a million gyms out there. Um, but just start strength training. And I always tell clients, if you can do two days a week, great, do two workouts a week. If you can do three, do three. Don't feel like you have to do five or six days of strength training right off the bat because you're going to be sore, you're going to be miserable, you're going to be overwhelmed, and you're not going to be able to be consistent with it. So start slow with it um, and just commit to it. Just be as consistent as possible because I know two days probably doesn't seem like it makes a difference, but like two days is better than zero days. And personally, I strength train three days a week and that is it. And honestly, I've probably got better results from lifting heavy three days a week than doing a bunch of workouts, being sore all the time and like overwhelming my body and stressing it out. Now I do three strength tra training workouts a week. I have plenty of rest time. So the next time I go to work out, I am so excited to be there. I'm ready to lift heavy. I'm not super duper sore. A lot of times not even sore, um, but I'm ready to go for that workout and I can lift heavy and challenge myself. And I think that is key because if you're somebody that's just kind of going through the motions, you're lifting, you know, tiny little dumbbells that don't really challenge you. You're doing like a million rep, but not really feeling any sort of soreness or burn while you're doing it, you need to lift heavier. And I think that's really how you change your body. And of course, like you don't have to go to failure. You don't have to hurt yourself, but there does need to be some sort of challenge when you were lifting. So the way I personally do it is that I typically do three sets of most exercises. The first one I do at just a weight. I know I can perform the reps with proper form. It's challenging, but it's not crushing my body. 
the second set, I'll go up and wait and make it a little bit harder. And so if I'm doing, you know, eight reps or something, reps like six, seven, eight might be like a little bit challenging. You know what I mean? Like I'm, you know, pushing hard or pulling hard or whatever. It's again, it's, I'm not hurting myself. I'm not doing anything weird as far as my form goes. It's just a little bit harder. And then that third set, I'll typically add more weight. Of course, it depends how the second set go. And yeah, the last three to four reps might be a little bit hard. Again, not killing myself, not hurting myself, but I am using all my might to get those last couple reps up um, because I want to get stronger. And if you want to get stronger, you need to add some sort of stimulus to your muscle so it breaks down, changes, and grows back stronger. And of course, you need to eat enough calories and protein and all of that. Um, But at its heart, you do need to make sure you are actually challenging yourself in those workouts. So you could add heavier weights. You could buy a new set of dumbbells. They have those adjustable dumbbells. I haven't personally used them, but I think a lot of people like them. You could add a kettlebell to your routine or a barbell or join a gym where they have really good coaches that can help you progress. So there's options out there, but I would put strength training definitely at the top of your list. Okay. Number four on my list is... (laughs) I was going to say sleep more or prioritize sleep. And I thought everybody would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I've heard this, but I changed it up a little bit. So number four is really working on your circadian rhythm. And what I mean by this is that our bodies have this like natural um, sleep and wake cycle that we have. And it's very much influenced by light. So like daylight, sunlight, dark, you know, sunsets, all of that. It affects our brains and our abilities to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed during the day and then, you know, sleepy in the evening and, you know, sleeping through the night. So anyways, sometimes we have women who this light dark cycle is like a little bit off and it can affect your hormones. It can affect your cortisol levels. It can affect your ability to get out of bed in the morning, your need for caffeine first thing in the morning, um, feeling wired and tired at night where you're like tired, but like your brain's going a million miles a minute. You can't fall asleep or you fall asleep. You hit the your head hits the pillow, you fall asleep, but then you're waking up nonstop throughout the night. And then you're dragging your butt out of bed in the morning and that cycle continues. So for somebody that might have issues with sleep or just low energy levels in the morning, um, a couple of things you can do is getting sunlight first thing in the morning. So within like, I don't know, an hour of you waking up, going outside. If you have a dog, take the dog for a walk. Or if you're a coffee drinker, drink your coffee outside. Go outside and do a little bit of stretching and yoga. Something just to get that daylight first thing in the morning. Because literally the sun hitting your eyeballs um, can stimulate just that you know, wake cycle as far as like how you feel first thing in the morning. And then in the evening, I would say as soon as the sun starts to set or at least like a couple hours before bed, you know, Remove yourself from screens and blue light, you know, stop scrolling on your phone, stop watching TV, read a book instead, play a game with your kids. I don't know, clean the kitchen, (laughs) whatever you can do to detach from screens. And I am guilty of this. I used to sit on my phone literally right up until I went to sleep, scrolling, checking Instagram, checking my email, all of that. Um, And same thing, I would watch TV right until I went to bed. And not to say that those things are bad. But if you're somebody that's struggling with energy levels, with sleep, it could be something that maybe you start to work on. Um, But I'm a big fan. I put my phone away at the end of the day. I put it on airplane mode, like to signal my brain, you are done with screens right now. Um, And I have really gotten into reading lately. I never thought I'd be somebody that's like, yeah, I really like reading. (laughs) 
but I have a good book now. I get in bed, I read, I fall asleep, and honestly, been having much better sleep lately. But just a couple things that you can do. Obviously, you know you need to prioritize sleep, but these are some things that you can do as far as just helping with that natural circadian rhythm. Because yeah, it can 100% get messed up. I mean, think about our lives. We're on screens all day long. We're on our phones all day long. Um, So if you're somebody that's kind of struggling with energy levels, prioritize sleep and then work on the circadian rhythm stuff. And then finally, number five, this one's also really important too. But if you're looking to like where to start with your health and weight loss and everything, I would say you need to track your food. And I know some people just aren't fans of tracking. And yeah, if you've had a past, you know, where you've dealt with an eating disorder or something like that, disordered eating, this might not be for you. But if you're somebody that's like, I know I need to track food. I did macros in the past, but they never worked for me. All of that, I would say it's time to rethink it and maybe revisit it with a different lens. (laughs) And the thing about like, calories and macros and everything like you could get macros from a calorie or like a calculator online or from like a macro coach or something like that but even if you don't have even if you have those macros in hand it doesn't mean that you're going to follow them it doesn't mean that you're going to go over them so i do think there is a level of education and commitment that goes with all of this and i think it's just really important to know how much you are consuming because if you don't don't know how much you're consuming, you can't make changes. And if you're just kind of winging it or just kind of guesstimating, I can't tell you how many times we've had clients say that they're tracking their macros. And then I ask them if they're weighing and measuring their food and they're like, no, they're just entering food into my fitness pal without knowing what the portion size is or, you know, how much it weighed or anything like that. Like you're not really, I mean, tracking something is better than nothing, but like really you don't know how much you're consuming if you're not weighing and measuring your food. And I think it's one of those things that could feel really overwhelming for women. Like, oh, I got to track my food. What a pain in the butt. I don't have time to do that. But at the same time, I think if you want to make changes and you are signing up to make changes, you know what I mean? Like no one is forcing you to make these changes or forcing you to track your food. It should be something that you want to do, but you want to do it in order to get results. And I think it just is really important. And I can't tell you how many women are just like, I don't have time for that. It's too time consuming. But I think if you take the time to do it now and learn how to do it correctly and know how much you are consuming, it will set you up for success in the long run. Because if you just keep going on and on and on, never knowing how many calories you're consuming, you just can't make changes. And a lot of times when we take our one-on-one clients through this and you know the fit and fuel ladies through this, it's very eye-opening for them. They are really surprised to see how many calories that they're consuming. A lot of women undereat, but a lot of women overeat for what they need. So it's just really, really interesting going through this process. And if you're somebody that knows that they need to do this, you're really just like, ugh, I don't even know where to start with that, or it just seems overwhelming, or I've done it and it hasn't worked in the past, or you know, you've used those online calculators that just like give you some random macros and random numbers, but again, you're just not committed to it or you don't stick with it, or it just doesn't work for you. I am offering a free two-day training coming up in September, and I am going to walk you through this whole process of figuring out how much you are currently consuming. It's essentially a nutrition audit because you really need to know, quote unquote, the state of the union before you can start making changes. Because again, 
if you don't know how much you're consuming, it's hard to make changes when it comes to your physique and weight loss goals and things like that. And if you're doing the same things again and again, it's time to do something different. So it could be eating more food. It could be eating less food. It could be eating the right types of food that make a difference as far as weight loss goes and changing your body, building muscle, all of that good stuff. But anyways, this two-day training, um, I'm going to walk you through how to actually do this nutrition audit. And this is what I was saying. If you take the time to do this, it will be very enlightening for you, very educational. And I'm going to help you figure out how many calories you are currently consuming. I will walk you through my exact process that I use with my one-on-one clients, with the Fit and Fueled ladies. And you are actually going to do this. You are going to spend three days tracking your food. And from there, we're going to take Take that data, the calories and whatnot, and come up with a game plan for you. Like, where do you go from there? So say you calculate you're eating 1,400 calories a day. What do you do from there? How do you change your body? How do you lose weight? We will talk about all of that. So it's a two-day training. The first day you're going to show up, I'm going to give you all the details of how to actually conduct a nutrition audit, like how to weigh your food, how to measure your food, what to do, all of those good things. And then the second day, you're going to come back. We're going to look at your data and from there make recommendations as far as what to do. Like, do you need to eat more calories? Do you need to eat more protein? Like what are the next steps for you? So, um, like I said, two-part training. Um, if you can't attend live, there will be a recording for both days. And if you can't make the first day or second day, again, not a problem, you know, just make sure you watch the recordings. Um, and, I'm going to walk you through this process. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you that starting point um, to really get going on this. Because like I said in the beginning, if you're one of those people that I'm just like, you're totally overwhelmed. You're like, do I need a greens powder? Should I get a cortisol lowering supplement? What protein powder is best for me? Like your brain is spinning with all this information and you just feel so frustrated and overwhelmed. I think this will be really, really good for you as far as just giving you some of those foundational things, some like easy wins for you to get going and really help you like jumpstart this process of losing weight, feeling great, really like changing your body, nourishing your body, all the things that I think a lot of us want. So um, I will leave the details to sign up in the show notes. Um, it's totally free. Um, again, like if you can make it live, would love to see you there. But if not, I will send out the recording so you can do this on your own too. But would obviously love to see you there live because there's something to be said about showing up for a live training, engaging, participating, and all that. You just get way more out of it. Um, so anyways, the first session is on Monday, September 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then the second session is on Thursday, September 14th at 1 p.m. And again, it's the middle of the day. I was trying to do my best with like lunchtime and things like that. You can't make it. We'll definitely give you the recording. So make sure you're all signed up and everything. Um, you'll get all the emails about it and whatnot. Obviously, would love to see you there live, but I think this would be a really great starting point for you, especially, you know, post-Labor Day, post-summer, just to get back on track, get your stuff together as far as the nutrition goes. Anyways, guys, um, thanks for tuning into this episode. And if you haven't left a review on Apple, would love for you to do so. I really haven't asked anybody for reviews in a long time, and a lot of them are really old. Um, and honestly, it's just a way for people to find the podcast and get to know uh, Carrots and Cake and what we do over here. So I would just appreciate it if you could take 
two seconds to leave a quick, quick review and rating for us. All right, guys, that's all I have for today. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And I hope I see you at this next training.